where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome back to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. I'm back with Troy again. Yeah, boy! Yeah, boy, this episode is Go Make, season 10, episode 12. It on the, Go on the, Make. It aired on the 12th of the 12th, eh? 12th of December. 12th, 12th. Uh, 1991, way back in 1991. Don't write James Sorry, I, it's like there's an echo. I, I'm, just, I'm just repeating what you say. It's, it's fine. <laughs> You got something to say, Troy? Want to, want to share with the class? Directed <laughs> uh, by James Burroughs and written by Feith Sutton. Good hands, we're in. Good hands. Good hands. Good safe hands, like any trusted goalkeeper. That's right. Yes, like a Canadian lumberjack. <laughs> wow, you say that. I've got a lumberjack shirt on as we record, so very on brand. <laughs> yes. Although this is not in Canada, but it's fine. Don't worry about that. And I'm covered in maple syrup, so very on. Yeah, very I mean, on bread. you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. To each their own. <laughs> <laughs> so go make it's uh, quite the episode. The cold open is Norman Cliff hanging out a window, just hanging out a window as you do. We see Woody on the ground with some sort of target uh, yeah. for them to aim at, and they're dropping water bombs at him. Not very nice, is it? No, I mean, yeah. J- it doesn't look particularly like a warm evening and, and a water bomb on your head is the last thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that they're, they're clearly, clearly trying to aim for him and not the target. Uh, every time they, uh, they ask him to move it and, and he does so they, they, they aim for his head. Uh, so yeah, we, we see that and um, I'm, I'm not quite sure why they're doing it, what they're trying to prove, but they, they suggest the taller building and Woody uh, has in mind the Prudential building, uh, which is quite a famed large building in the city of Boston. This episode aired in December, and there they are throwing water balloons at Woody's head. Not the one. Not the one. Mean. Mean, aren't they? <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's winter. As you say, it's December. It's bitterly cold. And we, we, we come into the main part of the episode where we see Lilith come into the bar, and we see Fraser recognising uh, the winter blues among a lot of the patrons in the bar. But he's, a, he's an opportunist and a swindler, isn't he? <laughs> He is. He, on this occasion, yes. When he's a psychiatrist, you know, that's when people are saddest, when uh, when the days are short and the nights are long. Yeah, it's dark as folk, bitterly cold. But he says they're going on vacation and without the child, as they think it's healthy to have uh, a break away from that. Woody said that his parents did the same thing. Um, <laughs> they, they ended up joining a, a religious cult and started speaking to him in tongues. <laughs> oh, classic. Classic, <laughs> classic country would, folk. Would, would you have had that? That Woody's parents just running off to join a religious cult and and abandoning him. I, I wouldn't necessarily think a religious cult. I think like some kind of uh, what I'm thinking of is the band from the Muppets. <laughs> is what I. Think. <laughs> uh, I was trying to find a better way to describe it. Nope, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking that's, of. No, that's that's spot on. Because whenever we've asked this many a time, like who would you have cast as Woody's parents? And one person suggested Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, and I can't think of a better suggestion. That is outstanding. So yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd be down for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then in in Cheers law, uh, in Cheers canon, that's Woody's parents. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Rebecca asks Sam what he's doing, working out as as she she's kind of ovulating on on a particular day, and it's kind of common knowledge now, and and everyone knows about it. She's making it very very known. 
um, that they're they're trying their their damned hardest to what's the word procreate. So that's the word. I couldn't think of what it was. I was going to say just just to make a bambino. That that will do. That will do. Yeah. So it's yeah. She she she's very vocal about it, but not not everyone's into it. Certainly Sam, uh, as we we see uh, throughout the episode. Yeah, it's it's a strange little exchange at the at the beginning um, because she's very irate at Sam. I'd say yeah. because he uh, he's working nine till five. You know uh, what a what a way to make a living. So I see what you've done there. We've already had a Dolly Dolly Parton mention. I see how you're trying to segue and shoehorn. Yep, she'll she'll be here <laughs> the other whole episode. Um, yes, uh, and and. Uh, is supposedly unaware of the fact that she ovulates on on the twelfth of December, and Sam doesn't like being ordered <laughs> to to have sex with her to make love. I think it's hurry up and let's get pregnant. I think are her exact words. I think Sam, when he's ordered to do something, he feels like no, no, because this feels like it's crossing work and pleasure. I don't want that. I'll do it on my own watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he starts getting, he starts talking to himself, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. We just finish up whatever you're doing and let's get pregnant. Boy, that's what I like about Rebecca. She's just an old-fashioned girl, isn't she? You cannot order me to perform. I don't want to have sex with you, okay? No sex. Who said that? I don't believe this. If we don't do it now, we have to wait a whole month. I'm not in the mood, all right? Who's saying these things? <laughs> Sam, what is wrong with you? I don't know. Uh, Woody picks up on the fact that there's clearly some some awkwardness, some, some, you know, yeah, some unwillingness, let's say, on one side. He says that they argue a lot for two people that aren't in love but want to have a baby, which, uh, which, yeah, becomes the, becomes the kind of the, the narrative and theme, if you like, throughout the episode. What Woody's done there is he's taken one of the corkscrews they use for opening wine bottles and just shoved that in their gut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's all he's done there. Just twisting, <laughs> twisting the blade. <laughs> We come back to Fraser and Lilith and they're telling Norm and Cliff about his itinerary for the holiday. But Lilith pipes up and says that there's a problem and that their child now has chickenpox. Fraser is obviously reluctant to give up his non-refundable holiday. And so yeah, it, therein lies the dilemma. Yep, yep, but I I very much understand that it's whenever I book a holiday which is non refundable i always get nervous and i'm all yeah. i think people could see it in my face the kind of don't do anything to me <laughs> spent, so booking a flight with ryanair you're just like well, there's no comeback for this something better not happen yeah i spent <laughs> i spent two grand on a trip to brazil don't mess with me right now <laughs> we then come back to sam who, who's part of this conversation and, and hears about the holiday and says that he'd like to take the holiday for him and rebecca thinks it, it might help i guess norman cliff obviously say that they would like it and could have done with that weekend but this is all about sam and rebecca uh and and frazier is i guess reluctant to give it them but has no other option so says you can have the holiday there's a bit of reluctance from sam and rebecca but it's sort of reluctance because he's their friend and don't want to take advantage of that i guess but they do they do say they pay for it i think or at least yeah some of it yeah so we Fast forward a, a little later, I don't know if it's maybe later in the evening or the next, no. I feel like it's later in the evening, but Clifford returns to the bar. He's finished his mail round early because the weather's bad outside. Remember, yep. we are at the, the peak of bitter, well, maybe not the peak, but uh, this is Boston in December. It's it's never nice. Yeah. Um, so he's finished his, his mail round early. The weather's bad. 
and Fraser says that they should fight back against the weather. And I believe it is it Paul that suggests jumping into the sea in their pants. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Never uh, a good idea. Can can confirm. Not a good idea. There's a uh, there's a good little uh, wordplay here, I guess, where Cliff comes in and goes, "Oh, I can't do the route today because of all the the you know sleet and snow." The um, unofficial motto of the U.S. Postal Service is neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's always an exception, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) However, they all agree to do it. They all agree to jump in the sea in their pants and they march out the pub onward to the nearest body of cold, cold water. Now, I've, I've done that before. I did that in the Irish Sea in the middle of, it must have been the middle of November. It was rank. I can can confirm that it's it's not nice, but you know it was maybe for some spiritually awakening. Yeah. It certainly makes you feel alive. Uh, yeah, I know a few a few guys who have done that with the North Sea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on, was it the North Sea? Was it the North Sea off we? the east coast of Scotland? Yeah, uh, we were in Wales, so it would have been it would have been the Irish Sea, wouldn't it? Yeah, not not a nice experience, but. It sobered me up real quick, I can tell you that, because we definitely had a skinful beforehand, which is the only explanation I can give as to why jumping into the Irish Sea in your pants is a good idea. This, this, what I was going to say when you went, it was off the coast of Wales, was the Irish Sea I was going to go, I think you'll find it was the Swans Sea. <laughs> He's here all day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get to the hotel, Sam and Rebecca have arrived, and they're discussing, you know, if we have a boy or a girl, what should we call it? And Sam thinks if they have a boy, then they should call him Sam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we start getting the first of, of kind of several kind of dream sequences, almost, if you like, where we see Sam and his son in various predicaments, situations and whatnot. So we fast forward to Sam and Sam Jr., I guess, in the car. And so we, we see that. And then we come to Rebecca and there's, there's this kind of back and forth between these uh, dream sequences. Rebecca hears a knock at the door and there's another kind of hotel patron. Um, I believe he's lost. And they start talking about, you know, his his married life and his children. He has four kids. He's been married 20 years. And Sam starts asking him for advice on starting a family. And he says that you, you need love, basically, in your relationship to pass on to your children. He, however, says he has no love at all. It's been 20 years of living hell. And then we hear the kids in the background in the corridor and they sound like absolute brats. And uh, I think he says something along the lines of, oh, my days, I pray for death. <laughs> Can't stand my missus. It's been 20 years of living hell for me. <laughs> hey, look, it's Dad. What's the matter? Can't you find your way back to the room, you stupid idiot? Those are the kids. Come on, Dad, move your fat ass. Give me 50 bucks for the arcade. On my good days, I uh, pray for death. <laughs> good luck to you, son. So then Sam goes back onto onto the bed and he has another dream sequence. Again, he's driving with Sam Jr. Sam Jr. has to pull the car up. You think, okay, fine. Then it all goes south. Yep. Sam Jr. has a gun. This, yeah, this ramps up real quickly. Lord, Dad. Why? What happened? I robbed the store. But why? I had to do something to make up for the lack of love between you and Mom. Now move your fat ass, you stupid idiot. Why did you even have a kid anyway? Well, we sort of thought it'd be fun. Fun? I'll show you fun. Oh, no, no, I got one. Boy, did you see that guy's head explode? Well, these hot boy bullets are great. Hey, I'm 
everybody! I'm little Sammy Malone! And my dad was a major league pitcher! And he didn't love my mother! <laughs> Sam wakes up from, well, I'm going to say it's a dream, it's, it's more a nightmare, um, and decides to go for a walk. Yeah, what Sam and Rebecca really need to do is uh, talk one lover to another. Aha! I, I see what you're doing. Oh, this this is relentless, isn't it? <laughs> You've just got a list of these up, haven't you? You're going through it. You're seeing where you can just shoehorn and segue in. Search Dolly Parton love songs. <laughs> <laughs> They're all love songs. <laughs> Such as, uh, I know you're married, but I love you still. <laughs> that works quite well. <laughs> While Sam's been kind of dreaming and and, and having these uh, these say premonitions these yeah foreshadowings and whatnot rebecca went to go and have a shower and she comes out and agrees and says yeah sure we can call the child sam at this point sam has already gone for a walk he's not in the room so she kind of opens the door to try and find him and gets caught in the door by her shower robe and she's kind of locked herself kind of half in half out and we get kind of a, a bit of an awkward struggle yeah someone someone i know and to protect their dignity i won't re- reveal her identity, but someone I know once uh, found themselves in a very similar situation where they did accidentally lock themselves out of their hotel room naked, and they referred to it as "So there I was, tits akimbo." Tits akimbo. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of legs akimbo. That's that's the heavy metal kind of rock and roll power stance that you see from the likes of uh, I don't know, from Iron Maiden and, and the such, but. Uh, yeah, Tits is a new one, but I like that. I'll, I'll have to remember it. <laughs> it's a great face. <laughs> we then kind of go forward a little bit in the evening and we see that she's sort of semi-wrapped herself in a bride's dress, a bride's wedding dress. And the bride is in the dress, it needs to be said. And she's kind of half in that, half out to kind of protect her modesty. And the bride is with her, her newlywed husband. Yeah, Rebecca's all caught up in the train. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> all three of them enter the the hotel room with the the bride and groom kind of in tow literally and she apologizes for ruining the moment and they offer to lend her a robe and we get this very awkward kind of moment where they're they're newlyweds they're very much in love and you know they you know want to do their thing and she's kind of stood there very awkwardly as they're doing so and she kind of interrupts a kiss and it's kind of that little moment of realization where she realizes that they're truly in love and maybe realizes that her and sam aren't and that they're, they're, they're having a baby for all the wrong reasons. And she gets questioned about how long her and Sam have been married. And then she she backs herself into a corner and lies about it and then gets upset, certainly off the back of seeing how sickeningly in love this other couple are. Yeah, very much so. And is this when Rebecca has her dream sequence? She does, yeah. So she has a dream that they're in, uh, it, it looks a little bit like Carla's apartment house. It's kind of a little bit disheveled, let's say. It's a very kind of uh, kitchen sink um, it's what it, what it's I guess very we refer, much that. what we yeah. refer to it as like the the royal family, not not the the, the uh, monarchs, but the R O Y L E family. That's Work, the one. Working That's the class one. family in Manchester. Their uh, yes, their their establishment. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Sam in this dream sequence kissing another woman. Rebecca comes in and walks in on them and is kind of seemingly semi okay with it but they still continue to argue it's it's all very very weird it starts off passive aggressive but then it gets into just gets into vitriol doesn't yeah very much so what are you barging in here for 
You forgot to hang the sock on the door. That's because I didn't want to take it off, but it was cold. They turned the heat off. Oh, yeah, they turned the heat off because you forgot to pay the bill, pal. What was I supposed to pay it with? Love? Oh, shut up. No, you shut yeah, You shut Shut Come on, Sam, get her out of here. I'm ovulating. Oh, that's great. You couldn't tell me 15 minutes ago? Oh, it's... Come on, scooch, honey. I got my chores to do. Yeah, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Oh, Sam, come on. Hurry up. Let's make it, baby. Let's go in the other room and do it. This is the other room. <laughs> oh, God, why are we so poor and miserable? Well, honey, we may be poor and miserable, but at least we can live on love. You shut up. Oh, you shut up. No, you shut, shut up. Me up. Shut up. Shut up. Don't you use that word, love. Love has nothing to do with this relationship. I will use any word I want in this house. What an insult. I'm gonna just gonna take some notes here and keep hold of that as an insult. <laughs> <laughs> they get to insulting each other a lot. They get to slapping each other in, in the face and then they kind of go, Is that working for you? <laughs> and then they turn off the lights so they can have a quickie. It's it's a very <laughs> yeah. peculiar situation it they is. found themselves in. It's Rebecca's imagination playing overtime, isn't it? You know, she worries that they'll be trapped in this um perpetual doom. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back to the bar that same evening and Lilith has uh, come in for a drink she's left her mum at home to look after the child meanwhile Fraser is off out with the guys that they've done their, their their cold water pants dive whatever you want to call it into the water cold water pants dive <laughs> water pants time um, Norman Cliff come back however without Fraser. I thought you were going to say without pants but yes well, no. yeah <laughs> They've come up without Frasier because he was the only one brave enough, foolish enough. Courage and folly are oft cousins, so... All of those. All of those. Yeah, the only one that had the gall to do it. Gall, um, yes. Gall, the stones, the minerals. <laughs> the, um, the cojones. <laughs> the cojones. We do see him come back there and he's assisted into the bar by Woody and he is frozen stiff. Um, it turns out that Norman Cliff just kept forcing him back into the water. It's that's that's waterboarding, I think is what that's, that's exactly what it is. Exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> just, just yeah, they used to do that in some places. They might still do it in some kind of clandestine affairs. But yeah, they used to do that as a form of torture. Just, just keep putting water over you. No, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You're, you're my mate. Yeah, Norman Cliff are. They love their water-based pranks this episode, don't they? They do. They yeah. do. That's the th- that's the theme. There's yeah. another theme. I knew there was something else. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Frazier's given a coffee uh, and slowly recuperates. But So we then flip back to the hotel and Sam and Rebecca are back together in the room. And there's a bit of a kind of awkward moment where they're both sat on the edge of the bed. And she says that there's something wrong. And Sam recognises it too. And they both eventually agree that they don't love each other enough to have a baby. Give each other the harsh truth that they shouldn't have a, a child together. They clearly love each other, are fond of each other's company. They even enjoy making love with each other, but but it would be for purely recreational reasons. Recreational reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, love. <laughs> Extracurricular activities. You, you've watched St. Elmo's Fire recently. Uh oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could tell you have. When John Nelson goes, what extracurricular love life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
They say they love each other, but not in that way. And they agree that they can have kids, but just not with each other. And it's at this point we we go back to our last dream sequence, if you like, of the episode where Sam is dreaming again about playing ball with with Sam Jr. Um, but as they continue to have their conversation, Sam Jr. fades away. And uh, we realise that that's not going to happen for him. What is a nice little touch, though, is that Sam Jr. goes, I'll see you in a couple of years, Dad. And yeah. because we know there's only a season and a half left, that could well come true. You know? Aye, aye. Watch this space. It's a nice little touch. Obviously, at the time, they weren't necessarily aware, but in hindsight, you're like, it's canon. It's canon. Yep, it's canon. That's it. Then we get Sam opening the door of the, the hotel room, and the man from earlier that he was chatting to is chasing his kids down the corridor, trying to get his wallet back whilst being insulted by them. And that sees off the episode. <laughs> And that character is simply called Dad. He's played by Jerry Gibson. He also appeared in Dial M for Murder, Tales of the Gold Monkey, Remington Steel, New Heart, Cagney and Lacey, The New Mike Hammer, Hill Street Blues, Hunter, Moonlighting, Dallas, Matlock, Magnum P.I., Days of Our Lives, Murder, She Wrote, and many more. We had Rick Coy as Little Sam. This was his film and TV debut. He also appeared in Married with Children, Saved by the Bell, The College Years, Dracula, Dead and Loving It, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Diagnosis Murder, Charmed, and many more. Sharon Case as Bride. She also appeared in General Hospital, Doogie Hauser, MD, Beverly Hills 90210, As the World Turns, Wentworth, The Young and the Restless, and many more. Stephen Pruce as Groom. This was his final role. His only other role was in Nightmare in Columbia, as well as uh, Paul Crapence as Paul. Behind the scenes, uh, producers wanted to drop the baby arc due to poor viewer response. And in addition, they wanted to avoid comparisons with uh, Murphy Brown, uh, which at the time was in the midst of an increasingly public and well-known pregnancy story arc. So they were like, ah, we'll just, oh, just okay. do our own thing. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Good episode, though. I very much enjoyed that. There was some strong themes, some strong narratives in there. You know, that whole having a child for the sake of it and, and you know, not, being in love enough to have a child, I think that's very important. And the whole kind of winter blues, which I myself, you know, have suffered from and, and, and the ways that people deal with that. And yeah, there were there were some funny moments in it, but there were certainly some very um, poignant themes in there. Yeah, good balance. Uh, all right, Cliff. No, I will not run into the sea naked with you. I will not go gently into that good night. I will rage, rage against the dying of the light. <laughs> I, I don't know why I quoted Dylan Thomas, but it scared him away. So there we go. <laughs> we saw in the cold open, the water bombs being dropped on Woody and Woody suggests the Prudential building. Can you tell me for double points? Not that points might mean much in this anyway, but two questions to this, I guess. Can you tell me? This is very niche because I don't think it's even mentioned, but I did my research, did my research. How many floors are there of the Prudential building? And what year was it constructed? Oh, uh, floors 43. And I want to say it was constructed in 1952. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not far off. It's got 52 floors, according to my research. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. And what year? So I said the year it was constructed. So what did you say? 52. 52. Oh, eight years out. It's constructed in 1960. And it opened in 1964. 
I mean, I was wrong, but I gave good guesses. You, you're in the right ballpark. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's all right. I'll give you, give you half a point for each. It's uh, 229 metres high or to the tip of the buildings. So There's kind of uh, like a, a kind of pylon radar spike thingy. Uh, it's 280 metres. So fairly big building, pretty tall. What does the hotel the cranes are visiting offer at 2 p.m.? There are two choices. What choices are they? Oh, is it like, is it food? Some food of sorts? Some sort one of, of them is food or drink. Yeah, one of them is in the food or drink category. Uh, is the other one like a spa or a massage or something? I'll give you a point for that. Yes, yeah, Swedish massage. Yeah. Ah, bang on. Nice. The other one was relaxing high tea. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Second question here, also about food and drink. And before uh, I reveal the answer, I'll tell you, once in a hotel for dinner, I had a can of Heineken and a packet of M&Ms from the mini fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Two of you five a day right there. <laughs> uh, because I, I went to the gym shortly before and I don't go to the gym near as much as I should. Uh, and then I was on a day trip round round Rio the whole day. So when I <laughs> got back, <laughs> I was uh, just like, I, I lie down now. I lie down, roll <laughs> over to the mini fridge, and this will be my, my sad dinner. Sad sustenance. <laughs> so with that context, what snacks <laughs> does Sam get from the Honor Bar, which is the uh, free mini fridge? Oh, is it like a tub of peanuts or something like that? There are three things which I've listed. Is one of them a tub of peanuts? Jar of peanuts, yeah. Jar of peanuts, that's it. I'm going to imagine there's some sort of chocolate bar or like sweet confectionery, like a a Babe Ruth bar or something like that. Uh, Snickers. Oh, okay. Or as it would have been called then, Marathon. marathon? There you Uh, go. uh, Yeah, Snickers is what was on the label. um, Because this was the early 90s, so. Ah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there was a third. Yeah. Was it just like a can of can of Pepsi or something like that, or like soda water? It was another snack. Um, oh, okay. fa- fairly common. No brand name needed for this, but it is a fairly common snack. Was it some? Ah, uh, no, I don't know. Olives? Uh, no, potato chips. Oh, okay. Bag of Lay's. Lay's. That's what Walkers is in the states, isn't it? Lay's. And my third question. Let's see if uh, if you've done your research. What are the names of Kirstie Alley and Ted Danson's children? Uh, not together. But, but respectively. Oh, really? <laughs> if, you um, do, if you don't know, that's okay. We'll just we'll just give some facts to the listeners. What, how many? Okay, how many children's Kirstie Alley got? Two. Boy or girl? Boy and girl? Boy two and girls, girl. two boys. Boy and girl. Yeah. What's a really? Oh, I don't know. I said they're both fairly common. One of them's very common name. Like John. No. William. Yes. William. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Get William, in. William Stevenson. Yep. Okay. I have no idea what the other one is. You say it's another, like, common-ish name? Yeah, fairly common. Yeah, I'm out. I don't, go on. Uh, Lily. William and Lily Stevenson, uh, which were the children she had with Parker Stevenson of Baywatch fame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ted Danson. Do you just want me to tell you these? <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. Coincidentally, also has a child called Lily, but I'll get on to that. His uh, children he had with Casey Coates were Kate and Alexis Danson. And his okay. stepfather to Lily and Charlie McDowell, who are Mary oh, Steenburgen's children with Malcolm McDowell. Ah. Yeah. Well then. I told you they were nice little facts. Yeah, no, I love that. Big fan of that. 
Oh, there's one more letter that's arrived. Oh, yeah? It's from our good friends at Zencaster. All right, mate. Here we go. Yeah, all right, mate. Hey, podcasters. Feel like your recordings need a little more cheers vibe. Well, grab a virtual seat at Zencaster, where everybody knows your name. Head over to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use the code NORM at checkout for a whopping 30% off your first month. It's like getting a discount on your favorite bar store. Cheers to Epic Podcasts, rich sound quality, all-in-one UI, user-friendliness, and even better savings. Zencaster, where your audio knows it's in the right place. Thank you for that. With this sound, last call. What are we having to drink? Something cold? Something cold. Just just a cold. Well, I don't know. It doesn't need to be. If it's December, it's cold. It's something warm. Like a, I don't know, like a, an Irish coffee. Oh, yes. Yes. There you go. That yeah. works. We talked about Ireland very briefly. We, we did. Yeah. Boston, Irish kind of... Uh, Heritage. Heritage, yeah. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. yeah. Irish coffee. Get it Lovely. up. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you for that. We'll talk at you all again next week. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.